train someone up is obviously going to take time. Um, if you have it, ideally it, it's good to train up your own team and get it. But depending on project deadlines, if there may not be time for that, you may just need to bite the bullet, get the expert in and take the hit in the budget to get the, the tasks done. Welcome to On Point, Bearing Point's project manager podcast. In this podcast, we pick the brains of experienced project managers to learn from their journeys and be entertained by their stories. Bearing Point delivers projects in many different sectors, such as banking and insurance, life sciences, telcos, manufacturing, and public service, to name a few. So the range of projects will be very broad. I'm interested to hear what are the key lessons to be learned from their experience in delivering projects on time, within budget, and with quality. I'd love to get your feedback and suggestions as well. So please reach out on our social media channels. We'll leave the info in the show notes or if you want to find out more, check out our website, www.bearingpoint.com. In this podcast, we will be looking at project deliverables. On today's podcast are Greg Balf and David Doyle. Greg is a senior manager in Bearing Point and has more than 25 years experience of PM delivery. Greg, would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion. Thanks, Kieran. Yes, uh, over the last 25 years, I've worked primarily in, in project management, the last 14 with Bearing Point, and prior to that, working also with a number of uh, consultancy uh, companies. Primarily during the 14 years, I've worked on large technology-led change programmes for a number of clients in public sector, in uh, pharmaceuticals, and in telecoms. So a broad range of, of different industries there. What uh, interest outside of work, uh, I'm big into the GAA. Um, I'm the chairperson of the ladies side of the football club in Rochford Bridge uh, and involved in coaching at, at all levels. Uh, hurling is really my biggest passion and I'm also involved in coaching under nine and under 11 boys level within the club and really enjoy the few hours out on the pitch every week. Very good. Also with us today is David Doyle. David is a manager in Bearing Point and has over 15 experience delivering projects in many different countries. So David, perhaps would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion? Yeah, um, six years now in Bearing Point. Um, prior to that, I worked uh, mainly in financial institutions as a project manager. I was four years in Brazil working as a project manager for a financial institution there. And then prior to that, I was working in Dublin for a German financial institution. So a complete uh, culture clash if there ever was one. Outside of work, I like running, um, a sports fan, I watch a lot of sports, um, but my main uh, hobby or interest at the moment is I have a young family, so I have two young kids and that takes up pretty much all the free time that I have. Very good. And can you give us some example of some of the difference in cultures between Brazil, Germany and Ireland? I suppose uh, the big one would be um, timekeeping would be <laughs> the main one, I suppose. In the German company, uh, the thing was that if you were five minutes late for a meeting, you just would not enter the meeting. It would be easier to just decline it and then send your excuses. As where in Brazil, people would routinely walk in 15 minutes late, be no questions asked. It was it was normal. So, Very but, good. How about Ireland? We're kind of in the middle, I think. We have a, a bit of manners we've learned, but um, it's, it's probably in the middle, I think. It depends. Mm. Okay, so don't, don't be too late. No. <laughs> okay. Very good. So in this podcast, we'll be looking at project deliverables. So the first question I have is, what are the key deliverables from each project that you must deliver? I suppose there's the contractual ones that you're starting off, you've probably got your charter, your user stories, um, 
all the way through then you've your, your test plans your test logs in your test exit reports they're kind of the documented ones but the real deliverable is the functionality that the user needs and as I think we generally know what you start off with depending on the length of the project it could be two years long what you start off with as your desired deliverable can change over time and I suppose it's been adaptable and able to deliver that so that what the, when the client gets their ultimate deliverable it's what they actually need rather than what they originally maybe wanted I suppose. so it's working with them to work on that flow yeah and I think in most projects we're very good at working with the business and the business sponsor in identifying the functional requirements and and with you know there is a danger that we we forget about the uh, the non-functional requirements so in addition to the documents that David has called out there you know solution architecture documents non-functional requirements uh, are are as important and important to get in place as soon as you can in the project very often they're 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 later and they're to consider later in the project. Uh, you know, within bearing point, we 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 use um, kind of ITIL processes. So we 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 come up with a service introduction approach, which identifies the key deliverables that we should be considering at at each phase of project inception, project kickoff, during the the build and during the the, the testing phases. So at all at all times, we have a checklist and a map. That, that supports us in delivering the right and considering the right requirements and deliverables at the right time in the project. So it would be incorrect to say then that most of the project deliverables are delivered at the end of the project? I, I think it's throughout the life cycle of the project generally. Um, at the end, of there's obviously a mop-up exercise where you, you go through and make sure nothing's been missed and that's crucial because at the end of a project, resources can be rolling off onto a different project and if you've missed something, it can be very difficult to get that person back and it's twice as painful if you bring someone else in to try and do the work for them but generally I think yeah, most of the deliverables will be true to the life cycle of the project rather than not at the end Yeah One of the challenges there is that you're invested in your project you're, you're mm. fully fully gung-ho about delivering however some of the stakeholders they only start to get interested in the project as it's becoming real for them which can be later in the project so you can be working on interim deliverables having regular calls but really you haven't got the attention of some of your stakeholders so for me it's key that in addition to these deliverables that you're making sure that you've you've engaged your stakeholders through that process and not just at the end when the project starts to become live or real for them and and how do you bring them on that journey is 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 key very good and aside from the project deliverables that obviously your client is looking for are there any other tasks that you need to complete <clears throat> at the end of a of a project? I'm thinking here in terms of, you know, celebrating successes mm. or, um, you know, other stuff that you need to do with your project team. I think uh, yeah, celebration is very important, and it's probably one that is probably m- most neglected by project managers. And there, it's not true any malice. I think it's more the fact that we're always moving on and concerned about the next project, the next thing that's coming up. But it is important to take stock and celebrate <clears throat> what has been achieved because sometimes you. As a project manager, you're always concerned about the problems that are coming down the line. You, you need to draw a line and say, actually, just look how far we've actually come and, and celebrate that as a team. And just let everyone know that it's all of their work together that's contributed to the success of it. So uh, it's very important as a team, I suppose, you know, fail as a team, succeed as a team. You know, that's how it is. Yeah. And maybe just before we move off that, I think it's important also, you know, the team piece, but to also note outstanding achievement mm. and performance on the project. I think that's... Yeah that's well worth considering and rewarding on the project. Yeah, I think yeah, give out praise where, where it's due, definitely, because people put in a lot of effort. Um, 
a kind word doesn't cost anything, you know, to say to to their line manager or whoever it may be. And you know, in the future, then it'll come back because that person will be more likely to want to work with you again and you know, put in similar effort. And what about the lessons learned document? I know it's a it's it's, it's an exercise that's always meant to be. What's meant to happen with that document, or who uses that? Does that go to the client? Does it stay with the project team, with the project manager? Who's you know, who's the beneficiary of lessons learned at the end of a project? I think it's everyone really. I find them quite useful. It's another one of those tasks. It's on the to-do list and it's always pushed back. But when you do do it, I think you do get important feedback. I think people are generally more open and more willing to tell the truth at the end of a project because they may be moving off and you get an honest answer to what went well and what didn't go well. And then that will inform your planning of future projects. Yeah, um, you know, lessons, lessons learned. It's not just with regards to the to the technical team. There, there's 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 lots mm-hmm. of lessons, and I think sometimes we we close the lessons learned off at the end of the project. Maybe it's something that should be revisited again, just at the you know three months mm-hmm. into the project, with regards to how the system is actually performing and have we delivered for the client. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's many a project manager out there that have said that they've never failed to deliver a project. Um, but if you ask the question again, have you delivered value in all cases for the for the, the client? Well, maybe that's a different um, a different uh, message. And so this, you know, benefits realization, lessons learned. When's the right time to do it? Is that the end of the project or is it three months after you go live? When can you really measure accurately uh, and, and gain the, the real lessons learned from the project? And when can you? So Yeah. So my sense is that we do need to re- we should revisit with the client. Uh, certainly the benefits you can't get at day one. So that is a uh, three to six months, depending on the, what the, the business plan is. If it's reduced headcount, if it's more customers, well, it depends on the period. So you can only measure that over time. The lessons learned absolutely valuable before the team breaks up. But I think it probably should be revisited again a little while later. And was there ever anything that you learned about a past project that you're glad you didn't know during the project. So did anyone ever come up with something in the lessons learned that you went, oh, I was glad I wasn't aware that was an issue. You get complaints. It was, I always try and include everyone in meetings and I used to, uh, on a previous client's project and I used to have all of developers on, on the calls and then at the end of it, they said they despised going on the call, didn't see any value to it. Could I just send their manager? And that's what I did for the next phase of the project and everything went a lot smoother. They got more stuff done and they were happier. So sometimes it's you think you're doing right bringing people in, but... They don't view it that way. Not really to in that regard. I did um, implement a, a traffic management system and a clamping system for a, a local council uh, once upon a time. And if I'd have known then that it was going to be clamped twice <laughs> by the same organisation, I mightn't have implemented with the same zeal that I, I went at the delivery. But uh, not not within the project itself, Karen, no. So we've, we've often talked about when you're delivering a project and the pressure comes on and you've done your risk analysis or your risk management and you're, you're sort of, you know, planning for what could go wrong. But sometimes something just comes out of the woodwork, a gotcha. Have you any stories or examples of something like that, that a gotcha came at some stage of a project and how did you deal with it? And did the project end up getting delivered or halted or, or what happened? Yeah. Um, and these are the ones that hurt. So for me, these are the ones you remember, no matter what planning you can do. Uh, sometimes it's just not impossible. It's, it's not possible to envisage every scenario. Just uh, the case comes to mind where we, we were implementing a ticketing system for a client uh, using handheld uh, devices, using SIM cards. The system was built 
fully tested. Client was really happy. It was working out on the street. Uh, no problem. Uh, in parallel with the system rollout, uh, the client was also moving their head office uh, and that was delayed. So we were getting very close to go live with the system with the office move. And on our final test, when we, we went to use the handheld devices and we, we, we set them up and put them out on, onto the street, they weren't working. And, you know, big panic, big analysis, really late in the game, uh, really pressure on. And when we looked on top of the new building was a new telecom mast which nobody had spotted and nobody had any reason to, to look at. But what actually occurred was that the, the mast, in the way it was was broadcasting or uh, sending its its messages, was was too powerful and was actually resetting and interfering with the SIM cards in the handheld. Uh, major panic. We ended up having to recalibrate the workarounds, how we would reset the, the handhelds, but eventually worked out that we could recalibrate the, the handhelds, something that we could not have envisaged at the time. A set of circumstances that came together, but caused an awful lot of pressure and associated stress. But it just needed to be worked through. We got workarounds in place and from there we, we came up with a solution. So there's no, is there a lesson you can learn from that other than look up at the top of the roof <laughs> for a telecommunications yeah. mask? Well, I think that the lesson was that we should really, you know, with regards to the office move slippage, we should have been completing our final UATs in that location. So we kind of, again, projects getting squeezed. Uh, we, we, we thought we had the adequate testing done, but ultimately the final testing should have been completed on site. Uh, I suppose that's the lesson, yeah. Similarly, I had a, a lar very large project go live and we'd done months of testing, all types of scenarios. And when we actually went live, the very first person who came in to register in the system, the account got blocked and, and stuck. We didn't know what happened. We had to investigate the client was obviously a bit panicked. They thought the whole thing was going wrong. On investigation, um, they had actually reused an email from multiple parts of it. In all of our testing and all our scenarios, we'd never thought that someone would do this. And sure enough, it happened to be the very first account. And I think uh, talking since then, I think there's been multiple thousands of accounts and no one has done the same thing. It's just Sod's Law, the very first person to do it, did it wrong. But I think it's just a case of don't panic. Um, actually, what is the issue? Can we get in? What can we do to actually resolve it? And in the end, we were able to manually change it. So it wasn't a huge issue. It was just that, that momentary panic of it's not working. Yeah, first customer, very first. an edge case. What can yeah. we do? Indeed. When we talk about resources on a project, you know, often there's a gap in expertise is identified. Is it better to recruit somebody with the necessary skills or are you better off training a team member that's already on board and familiar with the project team and with the culture that's that's there already? I think it's probably a case by case basis and um, to, to train someone up is obviously going to take time and um, if you have it ideally it, it's good to train up your own team and get it but depending on project deadlines if there may not be time for that and you may just need to bite the bullet get the expert in and take the hit in the budget to get the, the tasks done yeah yeah my sense is it's on a case by case basis but you know depending on the pressure sometimes it's better to bring the expert in if you can source them it takes the risk mm -hmm. out of uh, having to train somebody up and and deliver from there, yeah. Yeah, hard to give a, a better answer than that, David, uh, to be fair. So some of our listeners are keen to get to know the people behind um, Bearing Points Project Manager. So a um, couple of quick fire questions for you. Um, what's your favourite way to unwind when you're finished work? For me, it's probably just running. I'm a keen runner. I go out a few times a week. It's a good way to just clear the head. 
um, that's probably my way of relaxing and just kind of getting out of the house away from the kids. Yeah, I think just maybe a night out, um, nice Indian meal, and a couple of bot- uh, a couple of glasses of wine. Red <laughs> wine maybe would be would be a nice way to uh, to rewind to unwind. Yes, yeah. very good. And how you can hold a tune, Greg, Christy Dignam, would he be one of Christy. your favourites? Oh yes, Christy and uh, Brezzy. And Brezzy, and Brezzy, yeah, Christy. Could you do an impersonation of either of them? Um, well, if you insist, but any, any more than one line, and you you'll have to pay for it. So. Um, how can I forsake you in this crazy world? It's all right. It's all right. Good man, Greg. That's a fair old tune. Yeah, we'll have to get the mine into you to get the rest of the song, I think. Um, fair use to you. Wouldn't be able to do that nope, straight off here. So, David, which singer would you like to impersonate? <laughs> I don't think I'll be here any today. No, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Follow that one. Um, all right. Uh, Another personal question: uh, Favorite night out? I think it's just uh, the pub with friends. I think it's just getting out, having a chat. It's, it doesn't happen often enough, so I think that's the main one, really. Yeah, and it's just with myself again, it's mostly in and around GAA, but going to a match and making a making a bit of a night of it and uh, getting out with friends and maybe chatting about the game afterwards. Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, well, look, we're just out of time now, so um, I'd like to thank our guests, uh, David and Greg, and also to you, our listener. Our next episode will be released soon um, and we'll focus on more aspects of project management. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Bearing Point's capabilities in this area, check out our website, www.bearingpoint.com and remember that we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like any topic in particular to be discussed, you can reach us on email, on LinkedIn, on Twitter or X as it's now known, or Instagram using the Bearing Point underscore IE handle. All of these links will be in the notes uh, accompanying the podcast. Finally, thanks to the podcast studio here in D2 for all their help in recording this series. You've been listening to On Point, Bearing Point's Project Manager podcast.